episode Loaded nine. Oh. Does he sit second, man? No, I don't I think he does. I think Kevin Keegan probably sits second. Oh, my God, what a <laughs> scandal. Austin Eckler versus the cards. Go and fuck yeah. the lot of you. <laughs> Austin Eckler. He's making me like I'm some sort of cameo. Like, I'm coming in and go, and out the bag, England to win. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Loaded Sport, where today we are going to be reviewing the championship games of the National Football League season, as well as that looking back at the FA Cup fourth round games. Joining me to go through it, ahead of talking about darts later on in the week, one of them's experienced darts for the first time playing it. I'm going to introduce you first. Sam, how are you doing and how did you find the darts? Oh, good, mate. Loved it. Little uh, little trip to uh, to Lennon's on a, on, a, on a Friday night up in Chesterfield. Went to play some darts, didn't we, with the boys? And yeah, loved it, mate. First, uh, first official game played, and I am uh, one and one because obviously I lost the second game. So, so can't win them all. It's all right, considering we went there and all you were doing was playing down how good you actually felt you were. I'm going to introduce Skin now because I'm I'm feeling he's going to agree with me that you're a lot better than you let on. Skin. Uh, yes, mate. I'll, I'll tell you what. When uh, when Sam started pinging in doubles and, and winning legs out of nowhere. I couldn't speak. It was uh, just <laughs> you fucking... were mopping big time. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. He was like scoring with just like he didn't look out of place compared to rest because you know I, I used to play darts quite a lot, but I'm not going to pretend that I was at any kind of decent level. I was, it was all right, but that was it. Um, and Sam never really stood out as being bad. And then all of a sudden, I reckon, I reckon he were about seventy six percent on doubles fit night. He was unbelievable. <laughs> that's <laughs> off that, wasn't he? he was um, very effective. Yeah, so uh, I think in future, if we play doubles, I'll get him down to finish and then let him uh, crack on with the rest. <laughs> but I reckon... the reverse plan, won't it? But... I reckon <laughs> yeah. when you've spent a couple of weeks practising from 10 foot, that extra two foot being knocked off changes the game completely. <laughs> That's it, mate. Nine foot, mate. Come on, give me some credit. Oh, nine foot. Nine foot seven, wasn't it? So very close. Um, it's well a good done. five inch, that, mate. And if anyone knows how long that is, it should be mm. you. So I expect you to get it right in I future. do, don't worry about me. Need every inch. There we go. Uh, starting off things by talking about the FA Cup fourth round. We'll start by the game that took place on Friday. Arsenal, Manchester City. Two sides that everyone's expecting now to just go on and walk away from everyone else in the Premier League and battle for that Premier League trophy. It was the first glimpse we've really got to see Arteta against Guardiola this season. They've still got to play each other twice in, in, uh, in the league. So, Skin, I'm going to start with you because not too long ago you saw Arsenal beat Manchester United and you said it changed your allegiance over to Arsenal winning the Premier League. Has the performance against Man City or the result from Man City changed that back at all? Um, it's hard to say. You know, we spoke about the in the preview show about the strong teams that they'll put out, put in a statement of the, in terms of their intentions in the league and all that kind of stuff. And we did see that. There were a couple of changes per side, but I think if either of them had played, were to play the teams that they played in a Premier League game, you, you wouldn't really look twice, to be honest. Um, they were very strong across the board. So, again, it's hard to say. Arsenal have got a big gap. The, their next game is very important now in terms of what that does for their confidence. But it's a cup that they're out of now. It's one less game that they have to worry about. City have got Europe. Um, City, to be fair, they've been drawn against Bristol City away in, in the next round, so it's a, an opportunity for them to rest players, so it doesn't really matter too much, I, would, I wouldn't have thought, but I, I don't know. Other other subjects that we'll, we'll get into soon, I think will have potentially more of an impact on City than, uh, than this defeat up for Arsenal will have um, on them, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm inclined for now to, to stay 
with switching. I, I don't want to just... Uh, mm. I, I, it took a lot to get me to change from City, so I don't want to start getting trigger-happy and switching back on the basis of one game. So I'm much thoughts. No, yeah, you do right. You do right. It's, it's not changed anything for me either. I think it's, it's a one-off cup game. They played well as well. Let's be fair, Arsenal. They, they went toe-to-toe with him and it were... A, it were a, I think we actually called it on the, uh, the Thursday show. It was just a KG... Well, yeah. I didn't. I, I thought it'd be quite goal-heavy, but I think you and uh, certainly Chris... Um, both said about it being quite a cagey affair and that's exactly what it was and it just shows that Arsenal are on a par with City this season whether whether people like it or not whether Mr Kemp uh, I know he's not with us tonight you probably noticed by now but like to admit it or not Arsenal are on a par with City and, and it showed it in that game it was obviously at, at the Etihad uh, and it was a really close game and yeah it's, it, if anything it's it's probably doubled down the fact that like Dawson said it's a, it's a game less for him now um, it's doubled down the fact that they, they can go on and win it. They can, they can compete with, with City at the highest level. That's what I was just about to ask you because last week I asked the question when we were talking about Newcastle United, Manchester United going to uh, the EFL Cup final, the fixture congestion for Manchester United. Would that work as much of a benefit for Newcastle heading into that final? In a similar situation now, of course, Arsenal are out of the competition, like you say. Looking at uh, February itself, Arsenal now have two fewer games than Manchester City, allowing them to put all their focus into the Premier League. At the end of the day, the fans are going to be happy if they walk away as Premier League champions. Naturally, that's yeah. going to happen. So do you think that now gives more of an edge to Arsenal, like you say, without that fixture congestion? I mean, obviously it does. There's obviously going to be some kind of edge. You play more games, you've got twice as much likely to pick up an injury. So there's just common sense in that. However, I think it'd be more concerning if it was roles reversed and it were Arsenal having to play two extra games than City. City have got a far deeper and a, and a far better squad than Arsenal. If Arsenal yeah. were having to go through what City are going through, I would be concerned. But because it's City having to go, I don't think it's going to be a, a great equaliser, as you say. I, I still think just two games less with the, with the size and, and, and quality of depth they've got, I don't think it's going to affect them too much. But yeah. um, obviously, we'll, we'll see. I think that's a great point. Okay, and another game that took place this weekend that I think stole a lot of the headlines is uh, that that Wrexham once again made it uh, Mm. onto a televised game. I'm not bitter about it at all. It is what it is. (laughs) You don't sound it. Well, well, I suppose, uh, Sam, say if you disagree, but given that Wrexham do play in the league and that they do on paper have a, a bigger advantage over teams around them, one of them being your Chesterfield, put the question out there in the subject and uh, I think it's fair for you to take it away in terms of opinions on the subject. Myself? Yeah. Yeah, no. You're the only Chesterfield fan here, mate. No, I I didn't know what the question was. That's why I said ask the question and then start by answering it yourself. No, for me, it was just more of of the performance (laughs) that Rex... We don't know what the question is. We don't even know it to be asking it. I thought you meant you was going to ask me a question. Sorry. Right, okay. No, my point... (laughs) It's been a long, long, long day. Right, uh, Rex against Sheffield United finished 3-3 in the end. Um, it, it, I think the bit that I really want to focus on is whilst it was televised, there wasn't the use of VAR. And I know I mentioned a <laughs> couple of weeks that. ago. You mate, love I, it. I don't, we I had a big discussion about this, didn't we? Yeah, and this is this is what we say. In these sort of games, you've got to stay consistent within the competition. And Wrexham had two penalties turned down. One, I think, was a bit soft. And had it been given as a penalty, you'd probably find an argument in, in the Blades' favour. But... The second one, I think VAR would have overturned that and Wrexham would have had a penalty. I agree. And ultimately, it would have changed the course of the game. And the fact that it didn't means that now they've got to go to a replay to, to Bramall Lane. We know what happens in replays when sides go back to their home grounds and they're the bigger yeah. sides or on paper bigger sides, however you want to swing it on this occasion. I think it's going to be 
pretty straightforward that Sheffield United beat Wrexham now and that their fairy tale comes to an end. But their performance from a National League perspective against that of second place championship, uh, second yeah. in the championship, brilliant. Sheffield United, goes without saying, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of, lot of stick on, on social media over this last probably, well, since the game, saying about how can you call it a fairy tale? Wrexham have got almost a championship budget. And you, people just aren't get, gathering the fact that there was on the brink, Rex and what there was literally about yeah. to fold. They're about to lose the ground. They've won the lottery. That's exactly what that that, that could have happened to any team in that league. Could have happened to Chesterfield. It'd be as just as random if it were Chesterfield getting taken over instead of Wrexham. Um, and they've they've won the lottery. And I just how can you not love that? I for me, you're probably going to completely disagree with this, Ag. And, and fair enough, I get it because obviously you're right on their level in regards to competition. But I love it. I, I think them getting a takeover. I, I can't wait to see how far they can get with the, with that ownership and how high up the, uh, the the English football pyramid they can get. We've all done it. We've all played that game, haven't we? Whether it's on a FIFA career yeah, mode yeah, or yeah, a, a yeah. football manager, we've all we've all done it. And, and like you say, that that's kind of the the real life version where they've won the lottery and they've now got these funds. And yeah, they're instantly going to attract better quality players because yeah, of the projects and the potential and it'll be interesting to see how far that goes once they get into League 2 if they can get into your League 1 maybe a championship like you said it's all part of the fun is seeing how far they can go but you can't I suppose it's just one of them things isn't it if, if you, anyone would win, love to win the lottery anyone would love to see their club in that position and they'd be loving it if it was the case but when it's somebody else, there's always that little bit of jealousy. Yeah. And, when it's oh, your it's neighbor. Not fair. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, mate. That's that's exactly what it is. But look, I'm all for it. I'd, I'd rather this than a team going under, like some of the football clubs we've unfortunately seen go under over the last few years. And, and even, like you said, Sam Wrexham being close to it themselves. So I'll take this over that any single day. But yeah, what a, what a great result. Agam, I'm just interested. You you brought up the, the VAR thing and very similar to Chesterfield in the third round. Chesterfield, same level as Wrexham, hosting a Champions League club, an informed Champions League, uh, Champions League, Championship club, sorry, uh, in West Brom. And if VAR was in place, Chesterfield would have been playing in the fourth round this weekend. Same with Wrexham, as you said there, hosting an informed Championship team. If VAR had been in place, they'd be straight through and uh, playing at home to Spurs in the in the fifth round after the draw. So. What what do you think? You've been the biggest sort of objector of VAR whenever we've had discussions about it. You like the the flow and everything else that you've discussed in in previous episodes. So now we've seen two clubs almost be heavyweights compared to you know where they're at currently, and have that taken away from them because they haven't had VAR. As your thoughts on VAR being in the game as a whole changed it all. No, it's probably strengthened my argument for it. We had the conversation what? before about and It has, because it's, it's that case of you've got to get rid of it throughout the entire competition. There's been a couple of games this weekend. No, but I meant your thoughts on it being involved in the game. So forget about the fact that in the FA Cup, some have it and some don't. You've always said that you don't want yeah. VAR at all. Correct. But if VAR was it, it across the board and Chesterfield had it, they'd have been in the FA Cup fourth round this weekend. Like I said, if Wrexham had it, they'd be going straight yeah. to play against Spurs and wouldn't have to have a replay where they come up to Sheffield and obviously have to probably, well, probably not get through based on recent history and how that trend goes. So surely you would be more inclined to say, yes, VAR has its uses and should be in the game because of 
the massive difference that not having it is making. It does have its uses, and if they're going to use it, they've got to get it right, and they don't. And that's what I think the issue is. There's so many faults and errors and and problems still with VAR that they're not at a point where they can really utilise it and, and make it worth its while. And like we've just said then, there's some games this past weekend that have used it, some that have not. So, bin it entirely from that competition. It shouldn't be used in that sort of consistency. And I'm looking at this from a neutral perspective, not from, oh, it could have worked out in Chesterfield's favour, so therefore VAR amazing, it should have been involved in our game. I'm looking at it as a neutral, thinking that it's kind of ruining the game. That There's so many now ifs, buts and maybes about questionable offside decisions and, and things like that and whether there's a handball error there and let it just be down to the referee making these decisions very soon there'll be no need for referees whatsoever and the guy in the middle at the moment or the, the, the woman in the middle at the moment doesn't really have too much of a say what's happening because they're constantly being looked over from VAR and I think sometimes they're, they're worried about making the decisions that could make mistakes and they're waiting for VAR to correct it anyway and it looks worse on them if they're making a decision that VAR's then changing their mind about. It might be getting the odd thing correct here and there, but as a whole, I think VAR's just not being used as well as they originally advertised that it would be. I don't know if... I know last time, Sam, you said that it's kind of making things much better. I know your opinion of it. I don't know where, where you sit with it at the moment, looking at how the FA Cup games have gone, but for me, it's a case of they need to look over a lot of what VAR's working through and, and make it consistent throughout all levels and make it successful. They're still making errors here and there, and it's just not clear to so many people. And you see on, on BBC, when you see on Match of the Day, you'll see so many complaints come from the pundits, the supporters, that just aren't happy with how VAR's being used. No, but it, it, the, 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 the subject you're referring to only strengthens my argument, I think. The the thing they also mentioned about the, obviously, injustice with Chesterfield, man, obviously, West Brom should have been down to 10 men, went on to score. Wrexham should have had a penalty. You said it yourself. It was pretty stonewall. Second one, maybe not so much. Um, these are all things that VAR would have hundred percent sorted out. Uh, yes, you're right. There's a lot. There's still a lot, a long way to go. I think with VAR to try and cut out that. I think it has. Gray area. I, th- I think. I think Agam's opinion of VAR seems to be what VAR was 12, 18 months ago. Like it has got a lot better. Yeah, but, it's got like, better, but that's not the point to me. It's got to be on point. Like we refer well, so, to, but surely things... so of referees. Like you've got to, you've got to remember the the whole reason we're having this discussion is because referees and like there's not just you said about the the person in the middle of the pitch. It's not just that. There's a fourth official. There's two lines people as well. Like it, it's not just down to the person in the middle. Yes, there is their ultimate decision to blow a whistle, but. There's other people around the pitch that have the ability to impact and influence a decision. And the whole reason that we're having this discussion is because they keep getting it wrong. And with this, we're talking about two games here. We're talking about two games where a, a non-league club has been pretty much had a, a win taken off. Yeah, pretty much shafted from having a massive win against a championship. I keep wanting to say Champions League championship <laughs> club. Maybe one to day. get through to a cup. The the money, like yes, it's going to mean more to Chesterfield and Wrexham getting that influx of cash for you know a fifth or fourth round and a fifth round tie. But it's it's beside the point. It's going to mean much more to them than it would a, a top half championship club. But you're focusing on VAR doesn't work or it makes too many mistakes but the whole point we're having this conversation is because the officials on the pitch that yeah. are meant to make the right decisions aren't yeah Don't I'd, under- it- I'd understand it if it were a VAR decision that had gone bad but it's it's if anything it's a decision that should should strengthen the argument for VAR because 
it's it's just a blatant penalty that's been missed. There have been instances where they've got it right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every single time VAR is used, it's incorrect. What I'm saying is it's it's not as effective as they originally advertised it to be. They're still ironing out some mistakes, but as a, as a system, VAR is still making the amazing uh, the occasional error and creating controversy. If there was no controversy about it, You're struggling with that word, aren't you? Fucking <laughs> it's controversy, nightmare. You know the word Contro- controversy. You know the word I'm trying to say anyway. Um, so I can't say it, mate. I've been trying to say Champions League about twenty times <laughs> over the Championship. So. You know, pissed. But yeah, <laughs> the, my my point remains the same. I think that if they've got it on point, we're absolutely fine. Let's use it. But my my argument's always been that if we're going to use VAR, we need referees to explain to the stadium. They do it in rugby and they do it really well. Explain the decisions that you're making. Do it in NFL, don't they? They do it well, in yeah, the I NFL. Think yeah. they, they more explain the foul, don't they? Then yeah, the, that, I do like that element of it. I think one one final thing to say on the subject is I think last season they revealed the stats. VAR got about ninety six percent of its decisions right. No, there was a four four percent of incorrect decisions. You put that to a referee, I think that that percentage is a hell of a lot different. Yeah. Maybe, maybe so. I, just, I, I'd, I would rather if if over a game VAR made one mistake, I'd rather that than officials making three, four mistakes. Like, yeah. surely that's one's better than the other. Yes, it might not be perfect, but human error. You can put it down to human error. They, the machines shouldn't be making the errors. Human error is allowed in in the game of football. And it happens. Well, it's not. But we're having this discussion years. because humans are making big errors now, and it's. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. we're obviously never going to agree on this matter so uh, we're let's not. agree to we're disagree yeah let's but, wait let's wait until playoff final Chessfield are in it and they get absolutely shafted on a penalty at last minute and then we'll revisit it comes crying back I will yeah. and it'll be a completely different yeah, story won't it VAR. actually well it depends where it is but they might have VAR there so. playoff final we will do yeah don't worry we've just got to get there first right let's talk about the transfers the transfer window is drawing to a close which means Chelsea have still got a chance to spend oh. over 100 million on players they probably don't even need including <sighs> 105 million for um, Benfica's Fernandez was uh, one of the bids that they put in. We're going to start, we'll come to that one in a minute in Chelsea's erratic spending, but we're going to start by talking about the departure of Chao Cancelo from Manchester City, someone that had uh, broke himself into that starting lineup and I think had become quite an integral part of yeah. that, that Manchester City side. So it comes as a bit of a surprise to see him leaving from absolutely nowhere. Absolutely, from RKO out of nowhere. Just what? watch out, watch out, <laughs> watch out, watch out. What? The, <laughs> where did that come from? There's, there's got to have been something that's happened behind the scenes over the weekend that Pep's just gone straight red. I don't want to. Well, apparently that is the the rumor. You know, like you said, it, it came out of what late morning, maybe was yeah. it? Very early afternoon. Just well, this is the rumor. A couple of hours later, it was a done deal. I was like, what the fuck? Like Adam, you said about him being an integral part. We talk a lot about City's depth and the ability to change positions and not really lose quality. But him alongside, say, your Edisons, your John Stones, your your Harlands, your KDBs was, I suppose, part of the the undroppables of that team. That no matter what changes yeah. they might make, he was going to be a part of that eleven. So, yeah, the, the rumor is, time. yeah, hundred percent. And and the rumor is that it's come out since, which would make sense and explain the complete randomness and quickness of it all is that um, Cancelo was made aware that he wasn't going to start against Arsenal. He basically said to Pep, like, play me, I want to play. And he was like, no, I'm not playing you. And he was like, I want to leave then. And he was like, all right, see you. And then three days later, he's completed a loan move to Bayern Munich for the rest of the season with wow. an option to buy for 
think it was 60 million, 70, it was 60 Option or 70 to buy million, as well, is he? Yeah, 60 or 70 million euros. Can't remember off the top of my head at the end of the season. So, yeah, apparently Jesus. it all comes down to Pep was drop, dropping slash resting him in the FA Cup, whatever you want to call it. Cancelo wasn't happy. Pep said, don't give a shit and called his bluff. And yeah, three well, days to be honest, it was gone. To be honest with you, I, I've got a feeling, I, I didn't know that at all, but I've got a feeling now you've said drop slash rest. I've got a feeling he could have potentially been dropped because he's been awful this last yeah. month. Um, I remember watching him, I think it was against Southampton and a couple of other, basically every game that City have dropped points on, he was a massive part of the reason why they was dropping points. Yeah. So it wouldn't have surprised me if Pep's just kind of lost a bit of faith in him. He, he's, he's dropped him and he's obviously um, not been man enough to take it and not fight for his place back and Pep's not going to stand for that shit, as we uh, as we know from the, his past decisions. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's been such a huge part of that Man City side. I mean, he, he's been playing out of Kyle Walker, hasn't he, really? Because he got moved to left-back to accommodate the departure of Zinchenko. Um, yeah. And yeah. then I think to be, before that, he was playing right-back and he was keeping Kyle Walker out of a place. And Kyle Walker's, for me, still one of the better right-backs within the Premier League. Um, I'd say so. So he's done phenomenally well. So to see him leave came as a bit of a surprise. Um, what didn't come as a bit of a surprise is Chelsea's decision to try and sign yet another midfielder. Um, <laughs> this time looking for um, Fernandez from Benfica. Of course, the deadline is at, I think it's 11pm on the 31st yeah. of January. So there's still yeah, a bit of time night, for yeah. this to go through. Um, however, the Benfica manager, Roger Schmidt, has said that uh, the pursuit is closed and it's not happening. First of all, what is your thoughts on Chelsea looking for yet another midfielder? Do they have more more urgent places to, uh, to to look at signing players for? Or do you think that maybe £105 million is a bit of a crazy amount to splash out? Skin a crazy amount. He's that... is, is not, not played many professional games in the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, I don't know about you, Dawson. I'm absolutely bored. Up to fucking sick. Of <laughs> I, don't, I can't even get my words out. Sick to my fucking teeth. Are talking about Chelsea and their spending. This, Mate, this transfer I, it's got to be. It's got to be a money laundering front. Like I know they're only <laughs> loaded, but I don't understand totally. what's happening. Yeah, they spent a shitload in the summer. They're spending. I think it was Chelsea. Saw a stat earlier. Chelsea in this transfer window alone have spent more money than the rest of the top five leagues combined. Jeez, but every team price. in that. So. Yeah, it just seems to be the buyer player, massive money, don't really know why, and then all of a sudden it's someone else, they're signed, then it's someone else and they're signed, and then, yeah, Enzo Fernandez right at the uh, the death of the transfer window, it looks like they've uh, they've triggered his, his release clause, which is £105 million or €120 million that will be on his contract. So, look, from what we saw in the World Cup, great player, he was integral mm. to the oh, yeah, team so. side, one, one young player of the, of the tournament. Uh... So, is he going to be an improvement to what they're doing already? You would say yes, based yeah, on that. Be. But it, yeah, it just seems it seems very erratic, and something's got to give at some point. I kind of see this as like the, the NFL comparison of LA Rams giving away all their first round picks yeah. for elite mm-hmm. players, and then at some point, three five years down the line, they've got so much money on their books, something's got to give. And we've seen that this season with the biggest ever drop off from a Super Bowl winner, like. Yes, it's all well and good now. Yes, it might turn around the fortunes for Graham Potter in their league form and it might put them in a good place for next season. But what about two years' time, three years' time, four, five years' time? All these players that are bringing on massive money on seven, eight-year contracts, like 
something's got to give at some point down the yeah. line. I think the ironic thing is this is probably their best signing of the of the transfer window. Yeah, if, if, if they'd have made it as a one-off signing, everyone'd have been raving about it. But it's just yeah. because it's like the tenth signing, they're just chucking money at yet another player. It just where are they going to play them all? There's <laughs> only eleven men. All this to a... sack the manager in four months' time, anyway. Yeah, yeah. well. Stranger things have happened at Chelsea, haven't they? But yeah, like I said, I think it's a really good signing. And yeah, um, but I just, um, it's, I don't know. I've, I've, I've got really fucking bored of talking about Chelsea just lately. Right. One last transfer story I want to talk about, and then we can Not move Chelsea, on. I it? promise. It's it's very minimally including Chelsea, oh, but it God. did drum up a little bit of debate in uh, in the group chat, and that is uh, Moises Caicedo. I believe I pronounced that wrong. But it wouldn't have Caicedo, Caicedo uh, from Brighton. Now, there was, of course, he, he's requested a transfer away from Brighton. Not long after that had happened, Arsenal last night had a £70 million offer for him rejected. So, your thoughts, first of all, on him making that request to leave Brighton? Is, is he well within his rights to do so, of course, with, uh, or should I say, Brighton then rejecting multiple offers from Chelsea, yes, but from Arsenal as well uh, for him? I'll let Dawson take this one first. Okay. Um, I, well, I'll keep it short, mate, because we have we have spoken about this privately. I know it's uh, the the listeners haven't heard the opinion, but we'll we'll crack on with it. Um, I, why not? Football teams aren't loyal to players. This is a career where they're paid up until what the age of thirty five, let's say, anywhere between thirty and the late thirties, depending on ability and everything else. So why not? He is a player that, when he signed, was on a contract of £3,500 a week, which, as we know in today's standard, is very low. And the rumour is that right now he's around £15,000 a week. Now, I had to listen to Kemp going on yesterday about how £15,000 isn't to be sniffed at and all this kind of stuff. And my point and my response is that it's relative. Sam, if you walked into it tomorrow and your salary was, what, three times less than those around you and you performed at a similar or better level you'd be very quick to chuck your toys out of the pram and say yeah. this isn't good enough. So for me, just because it is £15,000 a week, it shouldn't be any different because it's relative to what you've got going on around you. So for me, get paid, mate. You've got nine siblings to feed. It ain't cheap. So do what you've got to do while you've got the opportunity to do it. No, and everything you're saying is a fair point, but I really don't agree with that footballer. It is the same as my job, going into my job tomorrow and I'm getting paid for doing the same job. Footballers, you, you look at the, just take a Man United a team sheet and just roll it out and put the salaries next to every single player's name and they're yeah. vastly different. Footballers do get paid different wages. They don't all get paid the same. A right winger at Man United, they're not all on the same money and a striker yeah. for Chelsea, they're not all on the same money. So I don't agree with the work analogy that if it was me, of course if it was me, I'd be unhappy if I'm doing the exact same job because that's just completely, that's the industry we're in and that's obviously a hell of a lot less than what they're getting. Yeah. Um, I let me fling this yeah, part on. back at you then. So one of the things you mentioned yesterday was about he's only played well this season, and you know That's it's right. his ear flashing a panel kind of stuff. So you look at players like McAllister, who's been very high profile this season, especially with the fact that he won the World Cup in in uh, December with Argentina. Yeah. You look at players like March, who has been fantastic this season. If you load up their stats for every single season, they've done fuck all before this season. And them, like pretty much everyone in that Brighton team, and it's why Graham Potter got the job that he did, it's why a lot of their players like a Cucurella and other players have been linked with high-profile moves, is because they've performed as a team very, very well. But they, March, McAllister, are on about £36,000 a week. 
So they're not players that have performed for three, four, five years. They're players that, just like Caicedo, have just started performing this season and worked very well as a team. But he's they're being paid over double what he is, and all these players around him are as well. So like that's but, that's how I these, see it as well. But these 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 performances come with a pay rise, like. We're halfway yeah. through the season. He's had a he's a, bl- had a blinder, as you've rightfully said, al- along with the rest of the team. I've, our, some of the team have, have gone on to bigger and better things. As you say, McAllister's getting all the plaudits with March. Um, it, his time will come. That's just how football works. You can't just... For me, you can't just offer somebody a contract on half a season's worth of goodwill and, oh, yeah, fucking hell, there's your pay rise. He's on 15 grand a week. Yes, it's it's a low. It, it is low. I think, it's like you say, starting on... Three and a half grand is on fifteen. So in that space of two years, he has had a, had a, you know, I mean, you put in a percentage; it's a massive increase from, from that yeah. percentage wise. Five hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah. So it, it's pay. His time will come. I just, I just think we. You didn't really used to see this, this kind of behaviour back in, uh, back in the day. I sound like an old man now, a typical boomer. But mm. I just think, what's, why can't people just roll the sleeves up and get their head down and get on with it and. And, and just have a full season of, of good form, and and see where you are at the end of it. If 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 it's if obviously if, if he's had things where Arsenal have, are interested in him and he wants to go to Arsenal, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Like who wouldn't? Like it's Brighton, it's Arsenal. It's a massive stepping stone. Arsenal, they're on the close. To, well, they're my, they're my favourites now to win league. So he'd have a Premier League title under his belt for half a season's worth of work. So I, I can completely understand that. What I just, what I don't like is the fact that. He's clearly been dropped from training and, and from the team, and yeah. that's that's telling me as it's obviously a young lad. It just doesn't seem to have the right attitude for me there. And you're going to disagree. I know you are by you know saying he's, he's fighting for what it's worth, but I just think they need some kind of they need they need these players need drilling and just you know get get your sleeves rolled up and, and get your head down until yeah request a transfer, but you know at the, at the same time you can still be professional about it and, and get on with your, your current work. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment from both of you. So let's move on to the locks and the wild cards and the fourth contestant on the listener lock-in. Yeah, why don't we? So we're starting with. Do we the have lock- to? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yes. unfortunately, mate, we do. It's been a been a bit of a rough week, I will say. So starting with the locks, we'll get straight into it. Uh, Dawson, mate, you were uh, you back to Fulham? But um, did you see much? Begrudgingly. On that? You did, oh, you did, didn't you? I forgot about that. You was uh, was it your fourth fourth pick? No, fifth, fifth. I wanted I wanted Man United, which were taken. My backup was Chef Wednesday, which were then taken. My third choice was then Notts County, which was taken. Mm. I was then scrambling. Um, I was gonna go. Well, I was scrambling while you were picking, thinking, "Shit, who do I go for now?" And just as I saw Spurs, thought well, I'm gonna pick them. You pick Spurs. So I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. And and yeah, I absolutely scraped the barrel um, on Fulham, and yeah. They're a very entertaining game by all accounts, but uh, unfortunately they uh, didn't get the win and we'll have to go to the Stadium of Light now for uh, a replay. So, yeah, gutted. Looked a good game to fair, actually. Yeah, I think it was about 36 shots on goal, something like that, so end-to-end by by what I've seen. But, yeah, unfortunately my uh, my first incorrect lock of the year for the football, but is what it is. is. It's not bad, that. Um, Yeah, the young young and got a goal this lad, didn't he, for... uh, Sunderland, only yeah, 15 year rig, old boy. Yeah. Bless him. Uh, Aggie, you, uh, you're you back Knox County, mate. Well done. 1 0 at home against uh, Halifax, was it? It was, yeah. And I, I really don't see Knox County not winning the National League now, if I'm honest. Is it? Yeah, I yeah. think that 
we're so close to the deadline now that if um, if Langstaff's not going, I said County would be front runners. But they've also signed um, Jody Jones, the winger from um, Oxford in League One. And I still think he's got right. a bit about him that he can do a job in League One. I think it's just coming back from injury, so they're trying to give him some fitness. And I think that's just going to be a Notts County side now that no one's going to really want to mess with. And they're just going to be a bit too much for Wrexham. What uh, just very quickly? What do you think on Langstaff? He was, you know, he's a loaded spot favourite when it comes to the scorers <laughs> section. He, he got the goal at the weekend. Yeah, yeah true. He, he only seems to not play or score when I've picked him, and then does every other week. But yeah, he scored the the only goal at the weekend. You've said a lot about Notts County's potential in the league this season is their ability to keep hold of him or inability to keep hold of him, and it and it seems like it has. What's been the rumours? I've not really seen anything in terms of him being linked to, a, say, a championship or a League One club, like, has it gone quiet? Has it not really been linked? Or is there potential for a late move like to Shimanga for, for Birmingham last year or in the summer, sorry? There's been a couple of links, but they've been very weak links. There's not been anything set in stone or too many real approaches made for him. I think it's a case now of just seeing out the season and then going for him, a bit like what we've already said about... Um, Caicedo, just a case of half a season, let's not jump the gun on him. Shimanga had been scoring goals for a couple of sides before he came to Chesterfield. He was a, an informed scorer for Burham Wood as well. So with, yeah. with Langstaff, it's a case of he's a new guy on, on the scene. So let's see just what he can do in a full season. And unfortunately for us, that's going to take Notts County up as champions. Fair enough. Uh, myself, I backed Tottenham Hotspurs. Felt like a bit of a cheap pick in that, but won 3-0 away at Preston. Obviously taking Dawson's pick. So I'll take the uh, take the take the win there. And take the Mr. Big Kemp, you're on a roll with the locks, aren't you? At the minute, I'm doing well with locks actually. Yeah, I've not done well with pretty much every other pick this week, but I'll, I'll take that one. And Kempe, he picked uh, Chef Wednesday at home against Fleetwood, which obviously finished one-one. So um, as a group, we only got fifty percent on our locks. Uh, bad week, on. lads. Yeah, bad, bad, really bad. Moving on to scorers. I mean, this gets even worse. Um, skin, he had. Uh, Christian Dennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he got an assist, but not a goal, unfortunately. Is what it is. Is what it is. Aggie, <laughs> Aggie, you picked a um, a loaded, uh, another loaded sport favourite in uh, Akpom. Yeah, and I just want to thank Skin for that pick because if he'd not taken Dennis away from me, I wouldn't have had him. Motherfucker! <laughs> and it's really annoying because all week I had um, someone else lined up, and then. About two hours before recording, I was just, you know, double checking everything like you do. And I was like, I'm going to swap. And the player that I had lined up all week scored a hat trick. So that, there's a lesson in that, which I will make sure that I follow yeah. going forward. Is it that always. Barnet lad? Yes. Kabang, yeah. Kappa, Kappa Mango. So I haven't got his name in Kappa front of <laughs> And Bambi. He's linked with us, to be fair. Brazilian martial arts. He won't want to come now. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Cordo. Eddie Gordo on top. <laughs> Remember him. Yeah, top uh, yeah, I backed Harry Kane, and by default, he didn't even get a sniff on the pitch, so he, um, I defaulted that one. And Kemp picked Alexandria Mitrovic, and he, he didn't score either. So one out of a possible three on that one with Kane being a void bet. You're welcome. <laughs> Cheers, mate. You've, uh, you've you've carried us in that one. And then lastly, the wild cards. Skin, mate. Barnet. Great call. Yes, mate. It was. We uh... that one, Ag. Yeah, I'll, I'll let Ag take that one away. Um, I don't like that you got it right, but you, you gave very <laughs> valid reasons. They are a bogey team for us, and they, they were fifth in the National League, we're third, and we just, we're just so bad defensively at the minute. We're just giving away goals, and when you've got a player like Mbamba that's scoring for fun anyway, he's just going to take the piss with you, isn't he? and he did. 
Can you watch your language, please? Nope. Um, <laughs> um, you fucking so... silly cunt. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow, wow. Aggie, mate, you were you're back to Sunderland. Obviously, we just, just previously touched on them yeah, there. Heartbreak Hotel for Sunderland, Heartbreak weren't it? Hotel. Young boy, 15, could have won it for him. But, uh, who, why, but... who had him at scorer? What? No, that'd have been, no. That'd have been a bold claim, wouldn't it? Someone Imagine has, that. Mudgell have had it. Yeah, now, probably. Sunderland, I had his uh, wild card, didn't I? And they, they yeah. played very well. And I think, in the end, looking back on it, it was quite a good shout for a wild card, especially considering I was scrambling. So I'll take that, but oh. it's what it is. Mm. Fair enough. I backed Ipswich. <laughs> another one. fucking saying that. <laughs> 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 you backed Ipswich. Another one that, uh, unfortunately, didn't come in. Can't even... The FA Cup game, weren't it? Burnley, nil nil. Yeah, quite kept my eye on that one quite a bit, and I thought they might just do it, but no, nil niller. And uh, Kemp, he uh, got his vanilla's brother. Vanilla, (laughs) vanilla, vanilla. I've missed that. I've completely missed the joke there. Because you said nil niller, and I went vanilla's brother. Oh, for fuck's sake, that's terrible. (laughs) No wonder I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) And Kemp, he uh, Kemp's back Brighton there, and he's he's got uh, a little cup saggy, didn't he? Um, yeah, I'm good at that. If he'd not taken that, I'd have been three out of three this week. Kemp, by the way, shout out to him. He's absolutely flying on his wild cards at the minute. I don't know what he's doing, but he uh, seems to sniff out an underdog. Just can't back a lock, bless him. Yeah, so, he's yeah. Tw- it, he's got 25% success rate for locks uh, for the year today. He's uh, not got a scorer yet, but he's 100% for wild cards. So, make, that makes sense. That's absolutely mental. That should be all the way around, shouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, recap on that skin one of three could boo. could do better. Aggie Back two or boo. three, mate. You've uh, you've carried you've carried the squad there. Well done, mate. PB, uh, <laughs> PB. Yeah, I've much. gone for fifty percent one of two due to Kane, and Kemp's got one of three, and that's the uh, that's the football locks. Okay, skin rubbish. The, uh, already... Yes, mate. I've already started prepping for this uh, this week, and I will do better. So yes, Chris Murray, the. Uh... The Scotsman, the Glaswegian, the Rangers fan, came in with a high score of one to beat, previously set by Kerouin and Aaron. Um, and lads, we have a new leader. Load of sport new leader. Locking. He got Manchester United as his luck, correct, to beat Reading. And we're looking four, five, six, how many you got? Big, big lead. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so that's that's one. His scorer, he had the inform Marcus Rashford, had a goal this lad just before half time and didn't score in the second half, so that is a cross. But he is on one so far with four to go. His wild card was Preston to beat your luck, Sam, Spurs, and we've been through that, so we know that was Silly a cross. Boy. He had his team Rangers to beat St. Johnston, and despite the fact that St. Johnston went down to 10 men, Rangers couldn't get the 3 0 win that he predicted, and that finished 2 0. He had Middlesbrough and Watford to fight out a 1 1 draw in the championship playoff race. Uh, that finished 2 0 to Carrick's boys, Middlesbrough. So that is a cross. But he did, uh, as you mentioned, Sam mentioned, a uh, potential cagey game between Man City and Arsenal. And he p- correctly predicted a Man City 1 0 win. So, Unreal, lads, our new leader on the Loaded Sport listener lock in leaderboard is Chris Murray. Get him, With boy. a score of 2. So they all count, don't they? And if two points is enough to get you on top of the leaderboard, it is enough to get you on the leaderboard. So (laughs) as it stands for the year, loaded sport average for the football lux scorers and wildcards sits at 52% success rate. Declining. It is. 
uh, and the listener average sits at 20%. So we'll we've had an absolutely shocker of a week, but we're still absolutely destroying our guests. So for anyone that's listening to this and thinks it's easy, so far we're proving you wrong. So this week we've got Dan Malloy joining us. He's uh, a big damn set. Yeah, I've sent him a message this morning. He said he's going to come in with little to no preparation, which, oh, to dear. be fair, oh, well, you say that, but compared to what everyone else has been doing, which is really intensive research, maybe it's not the worst approach to take. Mm. We'll see. Sure. Do a bit of a do a bit of a thesis on it. But uh, he's looking forward to talking a little bit of golf with Kemp, and uh, he's a Derby fan, Sam. So I'm sure, boy. based Good on boy. recent form and what happened over the summer, there'll be some a uh, couple of interesting uh, topics and questions to discuss between you two. As if uh, Kemp turns up. That is, yeah. yeah. Might be might be asleep. We'll see. Right, and that's it for the football. In just a few moments' time, we'll be back to review the penultimate week of the entirety of the National Football League season and uh, look towards the Super Bowl. Welcome back to episode 26 of Loaded Sport. We're now going to start reviewing the championship weekend of the National Football League. Kicking things off with the Philadelphia Eagles against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, 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 stop here because we have a surprise. We have dragged him back from the depths of hell (laughs) to join us today to talk about his Philadelphia Eagles, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Budgeb Sadat, let's have yeah, it. Oh, it's good to be back, boys. It's good to be back. Fly Eagles fly, bitches. Oh, baby. I had to take, uh, I had to take over from Agda because I know you won't get any fanfare. No, nope. no, yeah. <laughs> I think you absolutely killed it. Uh, it's good to be back, boys. How are we? Good, good mate. Good. All the better Even for hearing your you. silky tones. Oh, oh I'm, so, I'm so happy. What what a weekend! What a day yesterday! What a day. Get, talk, get straight into it. Talk mate. us, mate, mate. Talk us straight. Uh, what were uh, What was your emotion? <clears throat> emotional roller coaster? Well, it weren't much, was it? You were on top. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it were it were nerves for about four seconds. Then now I'm fine. This is good. Yeah, I, I woke up um, yesterday with a lot of messages from close friends. Obviously, with you lot in lads chat, just asking me how I'm feeling, um, and a lot of it was, you know, I felt pretty confident, um, but then I think. Leading up to maybe an hour before the game, um, nerves start to kick in. So I was like, let me calm myself down and go for a, a really intense run. Um, and yeah, that did nothing, to be honest. I, I was still very <laughs> nervous. Just got the heart pumping even more. Yeah. Um, but then I think when we scored first, it kind of settled the nerves a little bit. But I think, to be honest, like it felt like it was a really cagey game up until when we went 14-7 up. Um, because yeah. obviously CMC scored an unbelievable touchdown, like oh, a, one of the angriest ones we've down. seen. No, and uh, yeah, I mean, over the moon. Uh, I, I I always say this. I know it's a terrible game for the neutral, but I was so happy that the game kind of panned out like that because 100%. I could I could kind of relax and you know enjoy the fact that we were going to the Super Bowl. You, you, you're you're focusing more on the result than you are right. the way you win in the championship. Um, you do right, weekend. mate. You do right. Yeah. Speaking speaking from experience, I have lived through probably three really fucking close championship games and lost all three of them. 
Um, I would much <laughs> rather it go your way when we just yeah. fucking batter a team. Trust me, it's a lot more pleasant. Yeah, it's uh, it's elation. There's a lot of feelings right now. I mean, uh, thankfully, I've managed to see them win once, but um, you know, it was uh, it, I felt like it was a bit of a fluke. We we were on a dream run. This team feel like you know we we've built something special here with Hertz mm. at the helm as well. So. I'm excited, but at the same time, very nervous again because the sure. Chiefs are—they're—they're they're tough. They're going to be so tough. And Mahomes is just so so elusive, isn't he? He's just—he's just elite and everything. So it'll be—it'll uh, be interesting. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we've not got you for the Super Bowl, so I think um, we need to get your your early early. Uh, how do you know? How do you know? Are you, are you free uh, when we preview for the Super Bowl? Is I feel it? like that, I feel like that's big enough sure. to. Uh, yeah, just yeah, you know, cheeky little fifteen-minute present. Yeah, you you give me a date, and uh, I will. I'll make it. I'll make it work, lads. I'll make it work. Bless you. That's yeah. that's save it, save it, oh, save it, baby, save I've it. I've missed that. So we've heard Mudge's opinion from an eagle side of things. Um, skin as a neutral. What did you you really think of the game? Why do you sound oh. so solemn, mate? Like. <laughs> Because, <laughs> mate, I've got because a deal. Sounded with... really happy, mate. Yeah. It's fucking good that you're like one and eight. Yeah, I've a look, mate. Now, if it's a choice, I'd rather the Eagles have won over the 49ers, naturally. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that Mudge has got to the the Super Bowl. So congratulations, Mudge. Thank you, mate. Wow. That's, that's, should, we, should we end it there? That seems like a really nice. <laughs> note to end on that. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll quickly cover Bengals Chiefs uh, next, later in the week, but no. <laughs> In terms of a neutral, I'd mentioned already that I, I was back in the Niners in terms of who I wanted to win based on a lot of individual players that I like to see have a ring. So that aside, it was just a really disappointing game for the neutral. Uh, Brock Purdy, as we know, went down on the first offensive play, or sorry, the first offensive drive, sorry, should I say, um, and only came back on when they absolutely needed him and didn't really do much because clearly his injury was hindering him and the game was pretty much over by that point anyway. So, yeah. It was just a really disappointing game. It's not the calibre that you expect from a championship game. It's not the calibre that we've come to expect over the last few years with the playoffs. And it's certainly not the calibre of game that we expected from these two teams coming in based on the form and the level of performances that they were putting in. So, yeah, just purely from a neutral's perspective. I th- we said, Sam, didn't, didn't we, pretty early that it was just a dead game, which is yeah. not a term that you want to use at any point for a championship game, let alone what? In the first half, you know, it seemed that, that late burst in the in the second quarter where Philly got those two touchdowns relatively back to back, that that just killed it. And the second half was just a, a no go, really. Poor fucking Mudge, we've got him on to buzz about the uh, the championship game, and you've just fucking hammered it, saying it was well, disgrace. It was. Adam asked me my opinion, and just purely on the game. Look, Mudge, I'm fucking buzzing, mate. It's always good to have one of our teams in the den. There's a lot of us, and we've oh, got the yeah. Yeah. Support different teams. Yeah. So it's it's always great to have at least one of those teams being a team that one of us supports. So I'll purely being a Patriots fan, I don't want to hear all this. Mahomes is going to be better than Brady in terms of success. So I'll be rooting for the Eagles. I'll be right there next year, mate, uh, cheering on every drive and every success that the Eagles have and backing them all the way. That's where my heart is now. Um, but, but yeah, just purely from a game perspective and a game quality, Eagles did the job. And that's all you need to do at the end of the day. But when you, you know, we really were expecting a high quality game. And unfortunately, we didn't get it on that occasion. But here's what it is. It's going to happen at some point. No, that's I, fair I, enough. I will, I will chime in. So I think obviously the, the matchup of the number one offense versus the number one defense was quite prevalent early on. So 
after you saw that although the Eagles could score, the 49ers were a force themselves in terms of stopping the ball and, you know, their linebackers were flying everywhere. I just think the harsh situation was the fact that they just didn't have a serviceable QB and it put a lot of pressure on their defense, albeit elite. When you spend too much time on that field, um, it just hinders you because you're just getting tired. Um, yeah. You know, and I mean, fair play to, to us for kind of adjusting because they stopped the pass. Like they made us run the ball, which is very difficult to do, um, you know, kind of consistently. But thankfully, you know, we managed to execute the RPO perfectly. And uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thankful that uh, it sounds horrible, but I'm thankful that Purdy did go down because it kind of opened up the, uh, the opportunity to just kind of make it a comfortable win for us. But as a neutral, I do agree. It, was, it wasn't the, the best game, but I mean, you know, I've got kind of uh, that kind of tunnel vision of just making sure we got to the Super Bowl. So. Yeah. It was a it was a good good Sunday for me for sure. No, that's fair I, enough. I, Aggie, I assume you are describing it today as an old timer based on your love of all things traditional and boring. So, <laughs> <laughs> game of the weekend for me that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, look, I, I enjoy. I, I know it sounds bad to say. I was I said to Mudge before the game started, like best of luck, hope you win that sort of stuff, and I think that goes without saying against the Niners. But I think on paper they were two very evenly matched sides and I'd be surprised if we don't see a repeat of this game as the championship game next season is I think what I said to him as well um I think the two very good sides but I think like you say with the quarterback situation the injuries it, it made it a little bit difficult for the 49ers but who gives a shit when the Eagles get to the final it doesn't really matter does it at the end of the day um, final mate Super Bowl Super Bowl well you know what I mean mate obviously it's the same thing isn't it they get to the Super Bowl you know what I'm still saying? on football segment isn't it yeah um I do, yeah. I mean, the 49ers, it's an interesting situation with the 49ers because they're loaded, but I'm not sure on their cap situation. They seem to pretty much have retained all of their main pieces. Like, yeah. are they are they set for the future or are they would they need to ship off any of their players? Because Warner's still pretty much in his prime age, isn't he? Bosa's still in his mid 20s. Like, they are built for a long run, aren't they? Yeah, I think yeah. I think they've got another two, three years in them. I don't think they're due yet to be having to pay anyone massively or losing pieces, things like that. So certainly for next season, at least, I think they'll be pretty much the same side that they've they've had in place this year. It'd just be the quarterback situation more than anything. Yeah, true. Uh, I did say this yesterday to, to you lads. I do think they're a quarterback away from being pretty much dominant in in that in that conference. Um, yeah. yeah, because. I mean, they've they've got every facet of their their team pretty much sorted, haven't they? Yeah. Did you um Did you stay up for the the later game? Uh, I stayed up for the first half, and I kind of dipped in and out of the third and managed to see the T Higgins kind of oh, touchdown. Mossed him, didn't he? Mossed him. Yeah. He. I mean, he is a unit. Yeah, he, he's good. He is very underrated, uh, and I think he's definitely got wide receiver one potential. Uh, but uh, no, I, I sadly missed it. But I mean, uh, Mahomes managed to finally get over the uh, the burrow, the the burrow kind of stigma. That's burrow the head. The burrow head, yeah. Burrow but, head, my ass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 they went in, didn't they? But fair, yeah. fair play. They were just giving what they'd got. So, I mean, they took that personally, didn't they? I mean, Travis Kelsey in his post 
uh, kind of interviews just absolutely slating the Cincinnati mayor. Yeah, he went prime fucking Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, mayor of Jabroni and know your role and all this kind of stuff. So, but I, I don't know if any of you lads saw, but the the Cincinnati mayor tweeted after saying like absolute fair play Bengals were great Chiefs were just a bit better like I gave them shit like I'm happy to take back what they said so you know fair no, play I didn't see that. he got yeah. humbled didn't he left humble humble pie. Humble 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 about pie. it so. yeah didn't, didn't have much choice but Sandra oh final yeah, score 23-20 yeah. was it yep yes that was it field goal with three seconds left 45 yards from Harrison Butker okay he's clutching in them playoffs I think oh. is, 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 the, is the leading um, Chiefs Scorer in history, I think. With that, I've th- seen him break the. I was same as you, Mudge. I watched it till half time. Yeah. And I, I th- they got a field goal just for half time. I think he was on ninety eight points in the postseason uh, for the for the Chiefs, and then obviously he's got one at the end there as well. So yeah, so over a hundred points for the Chiefs in in postseason alone, most wow. in history. Wow, he is. Uh, I mean, when we go back to that Bills game when uh, Mahomes and Kelsey. Uh, led them down with 13 seconds oh, left in the game. time game. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, they did unbelievably well to get in the position, but Butker is just automatic, isn't he? Like he's just he's just so so impressive. Um, but I mean, I think an interesting fact is every matchup between those two since Burrows come into the league has actually kind of finished with a difference of three, three, three every game. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. weird. It's been a field goal every time, hasn't it? So weird. Yeah, I think uh, job done, but what about that play from Masai right at the death? Oh, what's bonehead play! Can't, you can't do it yeah. at that level, can you? See his teammate yeah. fucking berating him in, in yeah. tunnel on way into locker room. Yeah. That, that's it. That, that's huge a fifteen-yard penalty. Like it's it's not it's it's un, undisciplined week six, but it's a championship game. You you're in the probably the loudest, most hostile you know ground in the whole of the NFL. Yeah, you're tied with a final few seconds left, and you give a 15-yard penalty to give them a 45-yard field goal. Like you just that literally has cost them. Chiefs yeah. may have well gone on to win in overtime. I, I, they they might. With it would have took a great play to give them the opportunity to do it in normal time, but that cost them their season. I think I seen um, on Good Morning Football they said uh, uh, that that penalty increase their percentage obviously you get this percentage to win nowadays don't you yeah, um, yeah. in game and i think it, there was a there was a, something like 38 percent before the yeah. foul that after the foul it was like 55 percent jumped up that that much straight away just by one penalty wow you can't do it. it it kind of had um it kind of reminded me a little bit if i remember correctly i might think another right player where frank clark jumped off sides against uh, brady and patriots that patriots yeah. game yeah and it just shows like Discipline is one of the most important things in those situations. It counts yep. as clutch, doesn't it? You have to stay yep. focused and calm. And, and, and that's why Joe Burrow was because he's got ice in his veins. He stays disciplined. The the occasion, the time, the the scenario, yeah. and the situation doesn't impact him. He just gets the job done based on what's in front of him. And that, like you said, there, much that's that's the difference between being disciplined and and not. Yeah, yeah, I think if we uh, if we shout out a quarterback though, it has to be Patty Mahomes, doesn't it? I mean, oh yeah, the, 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 this whole playoff run has just been like a, it's like a pure legacy playoff run for me. Like these are the ones that you remember. He's been he's been hurt obviously with the Jags game. He was practically on one leg. He's come back, not not necessarily a short week, but 
one week for a high ankle sprain just isn't the amount of time you need. Um, and his, his stat line was absolutely phenomenal. Um, it was Dan, his first three choice receivers. Um, Kelsey were banged up. He um, is he were losing defensive players all over the field. Um, and I just thought it were absolutely unbelievable for Mahomes. That's the sort of thing you need from your leaders, and he, and he stepped on big time. Yeah, and I think uh, his playoff record is insane, isn't it? I mean, so he's good. reached a championship game every year as a starter. Like, yeah, I've, I have never seen anything like that ever. Like, I don't think a QB's ever started that kind of streak. I mean, it, it, he never. is ridiculous. Uh, he has my full respect, um, but... Sadly, he's going to go one and two in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> <I> like <it. laughs> that, that's what I was going to say, Sam. You mentioned there about it being a legacy sort of defining playoff run, but that all depends on what happens in two weeks' time. Because if Chiefs win, it will be like, yeah, look, look at how we got there without the the caliber of playing players who was missing. He did it with the injury and all that kind of stuff. One hundred percent. Whether he only wins those two or he goes on to win three, four or five, like this year and this run will be the one that's probably most remembered. But if he doesn't win, is he clutch? Can he get the job done? You know, all this, you know, all the talk we've seen sort of Rogers get into it in the later end of his career with him struggling to get that second ring. Do those conversations start to come in with home? So I think that mm, kind of conversation around be, his legacy. I think that'd be, be a bit fun. harsh on, on this particular run. It, 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 Rogers has rightfully added because he's, he's, he's like, for example, we lost at Niners at home in the snow last year. Like that should have been our game. Year before that, we lost Tampa Bay in, in the at home again championship games. These are games we should be winning. Um, but yeah. that Mahomes has played injured all the way, all, essentially all the way through yeah. it, and and to and to come up against this Eagles team, this Eagles team are absolutely nothing to be sniffed at. You know, if you any anyone loses to these, it's it's by no means a, a disgrace. I, I don't I don't think you can you can bash him if if they do if he does lose this one. Yeah. Let Let me just clarify. I'm not saying that I think that. I'm just saying I think they're the kind of conversations that will come in because. Mud, you mentioned that stat there about he's been a starter for five years. He's made five championship games. But if in two weeks, if this time in two weeks when we're doing our review show after the Super Bowl and he's still only got one ring to his name, those conversations will start to come in because how many championship games did Manning go to? Did Favre go to? Did Rogers go to? Like all these top, top quality players that at some point were considered absolutely unbelievable at some point because they didn't achieve the level of success that, say, Brady did. That's why those conversations came in. So if in two weeks' time he's been to five championship games and he's been to three Super Bowls and he's absolutely unbelievable but he's only got one ring at some point that's why I'm just saying at some yeah. point that will creep in if he doesn't start converting that success into more rings on his finger but we'll see I'll, I'll make a point on on top of that I think for me um, I, I'm quite neutral on Mahomes I, I, I like him I don't like his brother I don't like his wife you know, um, that's a, that's I will a, make another segment for another day. Yeah, I, I will make a point on how great Mahomes is, right? I personally think a lot... Brady is the greatest of all time, but Brady has been helped a lot of the time with pretty much elite defensive units at times. Mahomes, I think the Chiefs' success relies solely on his play at times. Yeah. And he has elevated that team to a point where they're getting to a championship game, even if they have a, a, like a mid defensive unit like and don't get me wrong I, I can't you can't question his clutchness because he's just shown time and time again he can finish games now his Super Bowl record it, it, yeah I mean it's so harsh to judge him on the biggest stage but I do agree with you in some sense that you know if he's got one ring to his name of five championship appearances that's quite worrying but 
I mean, I don't think that team, I think that team barely make divisional without him. Like he's that much of an impactful player. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's just my two pence on, on Mahomes, but fuck him. He's going down. <laughs> what do you reckon, Aggie? Um, yeah, I, I've got to agree. Mahomes has just been a standout player his entire career, hasn't he? And he's proven time and time again. I I think I questioned at the beginning of the year, just, I know this probably showcases just how little knowledge of the NFL I have in comparison to you three, when the likes of Tyreek left and he had to go with a completely different set of wide receivers. Um, even into the championship game, Sam, like you said, some of them weren't available. Kelsey was banged up and he still just from absolutely nowhere turned games on their head and won the games for the Chiefs. And like we just pointed out, he's such an impo- important piece uh, for that Chiefs side to uh, to get to the, the Super Bowl. Obviously not the final Super Bowl. Um, yeah. So yes, the Chiefs against the Eagles. Mudge, once again, thank you very much for your insight and we look forward to hearing that hopefully on the Super Bowl week. Just before we do call it for this episode, uh, Sam or Skin, I'm not sure which one of you has got them written down, want to go through the predictions that we did have, although they don't count towards the stats on the uh, the spreadsheet. Ooh. Do you want me to take that, Sam? I've got yeah, yeah, you can take it away, mate. Take it away. Um, it weren't that great, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I predicted Niners to win by three points with a Debo Samuel touchdown, so uh-uh-uh, three crosses there. Uh, Aggie, you had the Eagles to win by 4, 17-13. And Ayuk to score, so you got uh, Eagles winning. Uh, Sam, you had Eagles winning by three, um, which, as we know, is incorrect on the score. But you did have Eagles putting 31 on the board, so I'll I'll give you a shout-out for that. Wow. Is it? Do you like that one, bud? I did not know that. He did, yeah. The jinx is over. over. (laughs) (laughs) You had uh, had Devonta Smith uh, to score a touchdown. He didn't score a touchdown. That couldn't, honestly, that couldn't. He's just fucking ruining my day, isn't he? He started (laughs) off at fantasy, traded the cunt, and he's just, every time I back him, it's the only time he doesn't turn up. Oh, yeah. You don't like him. He said the C word three uh, three times (laughs) in about seven words. But, uh, yeah, what a catch you made, although. Niners should have been on the ball to throw a red flag, but it'll go down in history as a catch. So what a catch it was. Um, and Kemp had Eagles to win by four with a CMC touchdown. So he got two out of three there, um, yeah. which is the best result. Um, I had Chiefs to win 21-20, so close but not close enough, uh, with a Jamar Chase touchdown, which didn't come in. Aggie, you had Bengals to win by a point with a McKinnon touchdown. So nada across the board there. Uh, Sam, you had Bengals to win by three with a Kelsey touchdown, so unlucky, mate, but you did get the Kelsey score there. And Kemp had Chiefs to win by three, which they did. He did have 27-24, but give him a shout-out because he got by three right with a Joe Mixon touchdown, who he had a bit, yeah, probably the worst game he's had all season in terms of his rushing stats. But, uh, yeah, Kemp did pretty, pretty well there, to be fair. He had Eagles to win with a CMC touchdown, and he had Chiefs to win by three. Yeah. So, uh, shout-out to Kemp there for his NFL performance. I have a question. Does Jarek McKinnon have Adam's nudes? Um, <laughs> he Other way around. Every week, and honestly, he is like a bit part player at best, but Adam Adam just chooses it like he's Swear by like him. he's a RB1. Go on, Aggie, talk, <laughs> talk us through it. There's not really much to say, is there? He had a, a good end to the season, was scoring quite high in my fantasy league and helped me win a league, so I stand by him. And That's what I'm it was. Paying he had his for fantasy now. blinkers on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm paying for it now, but at the time, why not? But yeah, um, lads, thanks very much for joining us to go through it. Um, join us on Friday 
when um, Dan Malloy will have a go at the listener lock-in and we'll start to preview the weekend sport in action. Yeah, boy. La, la, la. Yes, have a noise, brother. 